Well, bright and early. I don't like to have to get up an hour earlier, but I love daylight savings time. Amen? Amen. I love to get home and have time to play outside with the kids or to do what needs to be done in the afternoons. I wish that they would make it to where it never changed, but I'm not in that position, probably for a reason. But I would love it if it wouldn't change. There's some states that it doesn't change. God never changes. Why does the time need to change? Amen? Amen. I know that they think there was a purpose back in the day, but is that purpose still relevant? The Constitution changes all the time. Why can't the time change? Change. Amen? Let me ask you, why can't you change? That's what the Lord's saying. world's changing all the time. Why can't you change? You change. My word won't change. God says, I won't change. You change. You change. I've sent my son Jesus. I've made every provision. Why not grab hold of that? Why not grab hold of that? Is the blood of Jesus relevant? Somebody answer that. Yes. Amen. It is relevant. If it isn't relevant, what are we doing? It is relevant today. It is relevant today. Have you been applying it this week? If you haven't, why not? If you have, what's happening? Is the Lord coming through for you? He will. He will. Amen. Revelation 12, 11. That's where we've been. This is where this whole text has come from. This whole topic. And they. Who's they? We ought to know this. Us. Me. Us. The church. Us. Individual. They overcame. Who's him? Satan, the devil, Lucifer, what do you want to call him? Prince of the world. Prince of darkness, prince, king, uh, what else? King of, not king of lies. Author of all lies. Father of all lies. Him. What are you battling? You're battling him. And we just sang that. I'm in a fight, not physical. I'm in a war, but not of this world. You are up against demonic activity. And we overcome that by the by what? The blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And I've said this over and over, and I don't want you to go numb on me now. It's not where you every time you face a problem, you want to give Satan your testimony when you were saved. No, he knows. Give testimony of what the Word of God says over your life right now. Fight Him with the Word of God. Fight Him with what the blood of Jesus applies to your situation right now. What happens when we... And it says the Word of their testimony. That means we've got to speak it out. In order to speak it out, you've got to know it. And they did not love them, their lives to the death. That was not their priority. Their priority was the Lord. There's nothing more dangerous to Satan than a committed Christian. We overcome him when when we testify personally to what the Word of God says the blood of Jesus does for us. If you're not testifying, you're not overcoming. How about that? Amen. We're going to get it. I'm going to end it today. Hallelujah. 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 The end of the thing is better than the beginning. We need to get to the end. 
and you, you need to get to the end of your day with victory. Not with failure. Not with defeat. You need to get to the end of the year, end of your day knowing you didn't leave any quiver, any, any arrows in your quiver. You shot them. Amen. I know it's early, but come on. Come on. We've got to have our conscious, intentional agreement with God's word. Until then, Jesus cannot represent you before God. You remember the blood's in the basin. The blood in the basin during Passover is not enough. It's got to be applied. We had a discussion Wednesday night about how we can do things in our life that can void the word of God in our life. If you were here on Wednesday night, we talked about how uh, out of man's tradition that they made God's commandments of no effect. If God's word was effective no matter what, everyone would be saved and going to heaven. We wouldn't have to do anything. But is that the case? No. We can miss it. We can miss it. We've got to apply. We've got to take the blood out of the basin, which has been provided for us by Jesus Christ on the cross. And the way we apply it is not by some nasty ritual that we're having to sprinkle literal blood. No, we take the word of our testimony and sprinkle the word all over what it is that we're going going through. That's sprinkling the blood. That's taking what Jesus Christ did for us and apply it to Satan. And Satan has to flee. We've been looking at seven major ways of how the blood of Jesus works in your life. We've looked at five so far. Let's see if I can remember the ones that we've done. I'll remember by my note taking. We've done redemption. God's a redeemer. Then we did cleansing. Hallelujah. We don't just have to shower one time when we're saved. That means if we only showered once when I was saved, I would have showered at five years old. Well, I'm sorry, but I've sinned since I was five. The blood of Jesus continually cleanses. Do you remember from the first from the first week? It's been about four weeks ago that we talked about how this 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 scripture about the cleansing is continual present tense. If you look it up in the Greek, it is continual present tense, which means he cleanses us. It's a continual cleansing. It's something that we continually have to do. The children of Israel had to continually come and be cleansed once a year. Now we have been provided a way to be continually cleansed daily. They probably only took baths if they took anything once, uh, whatever. Now we, can, now we can wash every day. We can come clean from our sin immediately. Do you remember? Just as though I never sinned. When the Lord cleanses you, it is just as though you never sinned. You're that clean. There's no other way to get clean. You may think you're clean, but you're not. All right. So what else we look at? We looked at cleansing. We looked at justification, being justified, being acquitted. Also, we looked at sanctification, being set apart, made holy as he is holy. And then last week we looked at life, how the Lord gives us life through his blood. And it is the, the life that scripture says that the life of a, of a living thing is in the blood. And we took communion last week and I hope that it impacted you. I hope that we had a whole new perspective of what it means to take the blood and the bread. It says, if you don't take it, you don't have me in you. If you don't take the, the blood and the bread, the, the juice and the, and the cup, with the right intention and the right heart, then you don't have me in you. That's the life. That's the life. All right? You all with me so far? All right. 
It's going to get good. Number six, everybody say intercession. Intercession. That's right. The last two provisions of the blood takes us out of the realm of time and into the, the heavenly and eternal realms. It's funny that we've had a time change this morning. This, these last two take us out of the realm of time and into the heavenly and eternal realms, which is where we want to wind up anyway. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 22 says, But you have come to Mount Zion, to the heavenly Jerusalem, the city of the living God. You have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly. To the church of the firstborn, whose names are written in heaven. You have come to God, the judge of all men, the spirits of righteous men made perfect. To Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant. And to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word. Than the blood of Abel. Notice the tense. Let's go back. You have come. It's important. You have come. Not we are going to come. You have come. But it's in the spirit. That you have come. It's in the spirit that you have come. Eight things listed in this scripture. That we have come, but we are only going to look at the last one. Let me just quickly go over these. Let's see if I can stay on the scripture. We've come to Mount Zion. We've come to the heavenly Jerusalem. Go forward. Let me not get ahead of myself. Yeah, right there it is. The heavenly Jerusalem, not the earthly Jerusalem. Anybody been to the earthly Jerusalem? A few of you? We're not there now, right? We've come to the heavenly Jerusalem. The city of the living God. We've come to an innumerable company of angels. We've come to the church of the firstborn who are registered in heaven. We've come to God, the judge of all men. We've come to the spirits of just, of just men made perfect. We've come to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant. And we've come... Whoa, 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 whoa. Good. To the, the blood sprinkling that speaks better than that of Abel. You see, just in this scripture, where we have come when we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. It says that we have come to the sprinkled blood that speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. The sprinkled blood of Jesus that speaks on our behalf of heaven is contrasted with the blood of Abel. Thank you, Lord. We're not sprinkled with anything worldly anymore. We're sprinkled, sprinkled with something heavenly, something perfect. And we come to three main points of contrast between the blood of Jesus and the blood of Abel. What are the contrasting, what are the contrasts of the, between the blood of Jesus and the blood of Abel? Well, Abel's blood was shed against his will. It wasn't Abel's will. It wasn't what he wanted to have his blood shed, right? It was against his will. Jesus willfully died. Jesus willingly gave his blood. Number two. Abel's blood was sprinkled on earth thousands of years ago. Jesus' blood is sprinkled in the presence of God even at this present time. And then finally, Abel's blood called out for vengeance. 
Jesus' blood pleads for mercy. Can you see the difference in the worldly blood versus the heavenly blood? It is so comforting to know that when we are weak and under pressure and lost and can't pray and don't even know where to start, it's good to know that at those times that the blood of Jesus that is being sprinkled in the, uh, in the immediate presence of God is always speaking on our behalf. And it speaks a better word than anything that can be spoken here on earth. It's always calling out for us, calling out for mercy. And I know I need mercy. Do you need mercy? Do you need grace? Do your children need mercy and grace? Does our nation need mercy and grace? Do the tsunami and the earthquake victims need mercy and grace? They need God. The blood speaks a better word than anything that can be spoken here on earth. And it's speaking for you. It's speaking for you. And do you know that the scripture says that he is our intercessor? That he sits at the, that Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father. Speaking on our behalf. You may not have anybody in your corner. Nobody speaking encouragement to you. Well, I want you to know Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, is speaking to the Father about you. And that blood is being sprinkled on that altar right now on your behalf. Can you grasp this? The the physical blood, the blood that was spilled 2,000 years ago, is is no longer, the, the natural, it's gone. It's the heavenly spiritual blood that he came and renewed and he made this new covenant that we did not have to go by the old blood anymore. By the worldly blood. We have now, when we receive Jesus Christ, have stepped into the heavenly realm and out of the worldly. Now, we still have to live in the worldly. But the heavenly realm, that we sang again this morning, we're in a fight, not physical. We're in a war, but not with this world. You know the things you're facing are demonic. They're spiritual. And praise God, in the most tense, difficult situations that I walk through, in the heavenly realms, I have someone in my corner fighting for me, providing for me, telling the Father, the blood of Jesus on him. Over you, at the right hand of the Father, someone's saying, blood of Jesus over that person right there. That one's mine. That one's mine, Father. And it's not, look how bad they're doing and look what they're going through. No, it's mercy. Have mercy, Lord. I died for that, what he just did. Mercy. Can we apply this together? We've been doing this all week, all the last month. Can we say this together? One, two, three. Thank you, Lord, that even when I cannot pray, the blood of Jesus is pleading for me in heaven. We have got to grab hold. 
if we do not grab hold of the blood of Jesus and the word of our testimony, we are going to fail. We're going to fail as a church. We're going to fail as a family. We're going to fail as an individual. We're going to fail. But when we grab hold of the kingdom of God and his word and his blood and we begin to apply it, I don't think we can miss it. We're we're not perfect. God knows we're not perfect. But it says that he works all things for good for those that love him and are called to his purpose. What does that mean? That means that when you're you're trying your best and you fall down, God will make that boo-boo on your knee good for good, work out for good. I hear people all the time tell me, Pastor, I went through this, but look how the Lord redeemed it. At the time, it looked like my world was ending. But look what came out of it. My son came to the Lord or my family came to the Lord or we had breakthrough in this area. Well, it probably wouldn't have come without the falling down. Thank you, Lord, that even when I cannot pray, you are speaking on my behalf to the Father. And it's your blood that speaks. Finally. Finally. And, you know, we go from one to the next and you think, how could it get any better? From redemption to cleansing to justification to sanctification to life to intercession. How can it get any better? Finally, is access. Everybody say access. If you've got your Bibles out, let's turn together to Hebrews chapter 10. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19. Are you there? Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by his, by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he consecrated for us through the veil, that is, his flesh and having a high priest over the house of God verse 22 let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith having our hearts sprinkled from all evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water verse 23 let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is faithful Before we get too far, did you notice that the veil was his flesh? There is no veil anymore between us and God. It has been torn. It has been made away. And you know, when the flesh was torn, the blood was spilt. It is by the blood of Jesus that we have been given access back to the Father. But it says, do you remember from earlier? We talked about this in Hebrews 3. It talked about Jesus as the high priest of our confession. Hebrews 4.14 said to hold fast your confession. But Hebrews 10.23 just said, hold fast without wavering. What does that tell you? You know, when you get on an airplane and they say to buckle your seat, seat belts, what do, you, what do you think of? Think of turbulence. Why do I have to buckle my seatbelt? What in the world could happen? And you start to think, turbulence. When the word of God says to make the confession, to hold fast to the confession and to hold it fast without wavering, that's like God saying, buckle.
buckle your seatbelt. Buckle in. Storms are going to come. Stuff's going to happen. Buckle up. I don't want you banging your head when the bump comes. I want you fully intact, ready. Buckle up. Because there's going to be trials. There's going to be turbulence. Don't let the turbulence cause you to unbuckle your seatbelt. This is when the word of your testimony is most needed and most effective. Keep making the right confession. Even when it seems totally contrary to everything around you, God's word is true. Did you catch this? For he who promised is faithful. You know, God would try to make covenant with man and try to make it with man and realize man's not perfect. I just got to make this with myself. I'm the only perfect one. I'm going to base this on me, not on you. It's going to be based on me. If we base it on you, you're going to think, yeah, I know who I am. It's not going to stand. But if it's based on you, I'm always, I am always faithful. Always. Can, can you catch anything from the scripture? Confession. 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 You've got to speak. You remember, no confession, no high priest. He is the high priest of our confession. If you remove the confession, you've got to remove the high priest. He is the high priest of our confession. We have access into the holiest by a new and living way. In Leviticus, it tells us that the high priest entered once a year with a censer full of incense that cast a fragrance cloud and covered the mercy seat. You know what that is? That's worship. That's what we did this morning. As intense as it might have been, as uncomfortable as it might have been, that fragrance was going up from here as a cloud full of smell and sight up into the nostrils of the Lord. But he also entered with the blood of the sacrifice and he sprinkled it seven times between the veil and the mercy seat. And then he smeared it on the east side or the front side of the mercy seat. But now Jesus is our high priest of our confession. And that blood is sprinkled on the mercy seat is not the blood of an animal anymore. It's the blood of Jesus. Because of the blood of Jesus, we have clear access to the throne of God. Do you know the throne of God did not have clear access back in this day? There was a veil. It was blocked. Jesus' body torn. The veil was torn. The blood was shed. The perfect blood to give us access back to the Father. Jesus made a way by His blood. And we can approach the throne of the Almighty God, the holiest place in the universe. How? Boldly. Boldly. That's confidently. Not wavering, not going up and thinking, God, can I come in? Are you there? I don't want to disturb you. No. Here I am, Lord. Here I am. I am in need of you right now, Lord. I come boldly to the throne of God, 
accessing the power that Jesus Christ has given. And Jesus Christ is the high priest of my confession. I confess you, Jesus, as my Lord. I may not have been serving you as much as my Lord, but Lord, I repent and I turn back to you. Now I come to you, Father, and ask you for mercy and grace and ask you to fill me with your Holy Spirit and change me and make the things that I'm walking through for my good. For I will continue to walk according to your word. I may fall down, but I'm going to try my best to walk according to your word. What does he say? Justified. Cleansed. Sanctified. Now, it's my job to continue to walk. But at that moment, I had been given access to the throne of God. Right here where we stand, even in this example that I just gave you, I was given access to the throne of God. Directly, I can affirm, and we can affirm by declaring our testimony. We all do this with me. One, two, three. Thank you, Lord, that through the sprinkled blood of Jesus, I have access into your presence, into the presence of Almighty God, the holiest place in the universe. You can have access and not access. You have to access. And the only way you access that is by Jesus Christ. No one comes to the Father but by Jesus. No one. But everyone can have access through Jesus. Would you receive Him today? You may have been saved your whole life, but you've never accessed the throne of God. Let's do it right now together. Would y'all do that with me? Through redemption, through cleansing, through justification, through sanctification, life, intercession, and access. The blood of Jesus sprinkled seven times works in us seven different ways. I'm sure it's even more than that. But remember, you overcome Satan by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of your testimony. That's how you enact it in your own life. That's how you apply it. And that's what frightens the devil and gives you ongoing victory. Father, in the name of Jesus, collectively, corporately, right now, Lord. And I encourage you, right where you, where you sit, individually. We come in to the presence of the Lord by the blood of the Lamb. We come in to the holiest place by you, Jesus. We receive you, Jesus, as our Lord and Savior. You are our high priest of our confession. I confess with my, my mouth that you are God and you are my God and you are my Lord and I am in need of you. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we come in with a repentant heart. Lord, I just repent over this church. I repent over my family. I repent over those things that you have given me authority over. Cleanse us, Lord. Cleanse us, Lord, by your blood. Give us mercy and grace. Mercy is, is giving someone a break even when they don't deserve it. Giving someone what they 
what they don't deserve. Giving someone something great. Giving someone a way out, even when they deserve to be chained up. Mercy, Lord. Mercy, Lord. Have mercy on us, Lord. Do you have something that you need to repent over? You know, Scripture says, and I was reading this week in my one-year Bible, with every head bowed and every eye closed, it says that all of heaven rejoice when even one man repents. Do you know that I believe that the kingdom of Satan crumbles when one man repents? Do you have something you need to deal with? You don't have to confess it to me, but you need to confess it to the Lord. Is that you this week? If that is, I just want you to slip your hand up and right back down. I've got to get right with God this morning. I see those hands. I've got to get right with God this morning. I see those hands. I see that. The Lord sees your hand. I thank you for a repent of heart. Lord, forgive us. Forgive us and let us move on from it in the name of Jesus. Forgive us, Lord. Lord, I ask for the blood of Jesus to be sprinkled over this church, Lord. I know that it is. Your word says you died for the church. Restore the church to your power and your presence and your will and your idea of what church is to be, Lord. Restore your church. Just thank you, Lord. Are you here today and you'd say, Pastor, I don't even know Jesus. Would you pray with me? If that's you, just slip your hand up and say, I don't know Jesus. I want Jesus this morning. I want Jesus this morning. Well, you may be here and you may say, Pastor, I just need prayer. I just need breakthrough. Well, I want you to know that we can approach the throne of God boldly. And I encourage you, when we stand up, approach this altar boldly. And let's come into the throne of God right now. And let him know what's going on. And let us agree together for your breakthrough. Will y'all stand up with me as we sing? Those that are ministering, come on down. We want to pray with you. Approach the throne boldly this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.